Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast. We appreciate you t- making time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, have a listen. Last week, we started uh, a short series called Just Simple Word Foundation. And um, as we started last week, we, we really, the, the reason for this theme and the scripture we're dwelling on is really to help us act or react uh, in this coming year in 2024. Often we choose goals or ambitions, or some people talk about resolutions. Uh, this series is more geared towards what kind of foundation are we, are we living out of or on when, when we face an opportunity or face an obstacle or maybe a surprise comes in our life, or maybe a storm comes in our life. And what we kind of highlighted a little bit last week is that some of our natural uh, attempts at that is, you know what, if I'm going to build my life uh, along uh, wealth or ambition or something else, and, and we know that as we chat with people and we talk with one another, sometimes we will often express like those kinds of foundations. Some of those pieces are not all bad, but we can feel cracks in them when, when like real difficulty comes or making a a significant kind of decision. And what we talked about last week is tying ourselves to the words of Jesus uh, found in Scripture, tied to God's authority as a foundation we're looking for. And uh, it's a part one, part two um, kind of uh, moment from last week to this week, and we're going to continue this series uh, in a couple of weeks as well. And so, but but here's the thing. Last week, we we heard, really talked about hearing Jesus' words. And the thing is, is that we ended with this practice about, well, how do we engage that more regularly? And many of us are reading the scriptures regularly. We're here on a Sunday often listening to scripture together. And we ended with this practice about listening. Uh, and part of our hope is that we would listen to the words of Jesus, listen to the scriptures through the lens of Jesus as a foundation for our year coming ahead. And because it's coming, it's here, it's already coming. And we want to be ready for that. But he, here's a little temptation I think you and I have when we talk about Scripture or having a foundation of our lives on Jesus' words. And the temptation is that, well, we just need more words. Like, we're going to read the Scripture, we're going to maybe memorize some Scripture, we're going to learn Scripture, and we think more words is more life, or more words is a better life. And then we say, well, the words are just enough. The words I read in the Scripture um, are enough. And we do this not just with scripture, we do this with quotes. How many people have quotes on their you know, bathroom or their, uh, on their phone or in their kitchen or on their fridge or axioms? And we do this with scripture as well, which is the most important words. And often what happens is we think the more words we have, the more of the scripture we have, well, then everything's going to be fine. And uh, if you grew up in the 90s, there was a a rock band called Extreme, and they had a very famous song. It's probably still kind of popular today in some circles, but ever hear the song More Than Words? Yeah, and so you can maybe hear the guitar playing in the background, even if I say that if you've heard that song before. And the idea in the song is, it's a love song, and its idea is, is this person expressing like, listen, I don't need you to tell me more things, but I just need you to be present. I need you to, I want to see your love in my life. And the song is more than words. Maybe you've seen a re- remake of that with these two guys, Jack Black and Jimmy Fallon. Uh, so if you're, if you're uh, you know, a lot younger, uh, maybe that's the version that you've heard. But um, that was a funny one. Anyways, here, here's the thing. This, Jesus has a very similar message for you and me when it comes to building a foundation. That building a foundation is more than words. Building a foundation is more than just 
hearing or listening to or reading the scriptures. And we're going to go back to this text we read last week and look through it again and catch some of these pieces in this, you know, part two recipe for a foundation. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 7, uh, verse 24. You can listen or even follow along the screen. And, and let's listen to these words. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew's gospel. So here's, here's what he says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. God, as we just, again, listen to these words, uh, help us to just, even this morning again, listen to them, read them with fresh eyes, fresh ears, a fresh heart. Uh, would you grab a hold of our attention and pinpoint areas in our life where you want to speak into, God? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week we got into some of the context of this text, and I'd encourage you, if you missed last week, to jump back to it, because we did highlight some of the, the ways we're called to hear the words of Jesus. But what I want to do this week is, is this, is how, to help us understand this recipe of this foundation that Jesus invites us to, I want to ask this question, well, what is wisdom and what is foolishness? And we see it here in the text. Jesus briefly gives us a little bit of a description here. And so the first question is, well, what's wisdom? And where does wisdom come from? And how do we get wisdom? And often we think, and I know this is kind of a general uh, leaning that many of us do, we think we can get wisdom from more knowledge. The more we know, the more we read, the more information we can get, the more content we can, content we can receive, even the more doctrine we can read of and understand, then we're going to get more wisdom. And it's like more words, more information, more content. And yet, when we read Jesus' statement fully, there's this really important word in the middle of it that really helps us make this connection to this next part of a foundation and what wisdom is. Jesus says in verse 34, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine, and then he says, and, did you catch that? And puts them into practice is like a wise man. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus doesn't just say, just hear my words, absorb my words, write them down, memorize them, get them into your mind, into your heart, into your soul. That's very important, and we really highlighted that last week. But Jesus has this connection, and those who put them into practice. In other words, wisdom is not just gaining knowledge. Wisdom comes from both hearing and doing. And that's how we, partly how we grow in wisdom. The next question is, well, what's foolishness? And where does foolishness come from? And how, do we, how would we describe foolishness? Well, often we would say kind of the reverse. People are foolish because they don't know anything. People are foolish because they're not educated enough. People are foolish because they haven't read that. And, and sometimes, yes, like, you know, we're sitting with someone and we're trying to put something together and someone says, like, have you even read the manual? 
right? It's like, well, that's dumb. I should have read the manual. Like, yeah, that's foolish if the content was there and we could have reached for it. Now, don't get me wrong. Education matters. Uh, knowledge is helpful. I, I love to read. I think in many of us, uh, many of you who do, you understand this. Like, we read because we want to grow and understand things. Uh, you know, this great phrase, leaders are readers. And I, I believe that. I advocate for that. I encourage those who uh, are in roles that, you know, you need to grow in wisdom and understanding and context reading's important. And like we just said, manuals are important. If you want to figure out how to, how to work something out, read the manual. If you ever buy an elaborate Lego section, read the manual. Uh, you know, there's, there, there's steps, right? History, understanding history is so important because we don't want to repeat history's mistakes. So we read about it. We understand it in the right context. But Jesus says something here that foolishness comes when there's a disconnect between our hearing and our doing. When there's a disconnect between our hearing and our doing. Jesus says in verse 26, He who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Jesus is letting us know, you can hear my words but not do them, and that's foolish. There's foolishness there. That's not wise. When you know something but you don't do it. And you've probably sat with people, maybe you've experienced this yourself, I've experienced it personally, but I've sat with people, I've often sat with couples who are struggling in their marriage, and they've read the, the list of books, and they've listened to good sermons, and they've heard Jesus' words in the scriptures highlighting oneness as the key to what marriage is meant to be like. They've had good friends sit with them and speak into their lives, and they've heard really good advice and, and encouragement, but then they rarely put any of that into practice. And then they wonder, like, but why is, why, why is it nothing happening? And like the books have told us and the, you know, friends have told us and we read these words and the scriptures and then year after year, their marriage suffers, not because they don't know enough, but they've never made that connection to doing. And here, what Jesus is getting at is that we grow in wisdom and we avoid foolishness when both these two parts come together, knowing and doing, hearing and putting into practice. And it seems like Jesus, this is how Jesus invites us to view his words and his ways, or how his words turn into his ways, that we don't just leave them on a page or leave them read or even leave them memorized, but that it makes this transition over to doing. And this leads us to how we build a foundation. Foundation is Jesus' end goal for us in this text, in this particular text. His, his goal is that we would grow in wisdom and, and build our lives on a solid foundation based on his words, but not leaving them there, actually turning them into practice. Because here's, here's the point, is that our foundation will get us through the opportunities that come our way, the obstacles that come our way, the surprises that come our way, the storms that come into our life. Now remember, Jesus just laid out an amazing sermon. If you go back and read Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and part of 7, he's laid out an amazing sermon. In fact, it's one of the most famous sermons in Scripture called the Sermon on the Mount. And even though he has said and we have recorded these incredible words of Jesus... And he does ask us at the end, did you hear these words of mine? Wise people are listeners. Wise people hear his words. But then he asks, 
will you put these words of mine into practice? Because that, these two things are needed. Wise people don't just hear my words. Wise people live my words and put them into practice. And this is a reality for us, that our foundation will be weak if we only memorize the words and don't translate them into living them. The foundation will be weak. Jesus says we'll, we'll be foolish, and it's like we're building our house of, on sand if we heard the words but did nothing about them. If we've listened to the words but made no connection to life. If we've processed the words but have not moved into practicing them. And a true foundation, a solid foundation, is built on the practice of these words that we've heard from Jesus so we can live them and do them and move into them. I might say it this way. I put this on the screen. It's a life where our ways are influenced by his words, where our ways, our living, are influenced by his words. It would be so sad if we are regularly reading Scripture regularly engaged in, in, in processing what the Scripture is telling us, even here on Sundays or involved in small groups or Bible studies and such, and we just leave the words on the page. But the solid foundation is a life where our ways are influenced by His words. And maybe it comes this way. We want a strong foundation. It's this. Strength is in the practice, is in the practice of the words of Jesus. Here's a New Testament witness um, from actually Jesus' brother James. Um, so here's what James writes in James 1, verse 25. It's so helpful for us, so clear. He says, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Isn't that good? I love how James helps us catch this so clearly. We can look into the perfect law that gives freedom, that can bring change into our life, but it's whoever looks in it and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. And I love this last line because we will often miss something like this. They will be blessed in what they do. They're not just blessed in what they read. They're not just blessed in the information they pass on. They're not just blessed in what they've heard. They're blessed in what they do. And this is a struggle for, especially for Christians, when we end up having this, this high understanding that there's nothing we can do for Jesus to love us. There's nothing we can do for us to, to really, like, to, to be saved in Christ. Jesus did it for us. He went to the cross. He was faithful to God's mission. And we understand that there's nothing I can possibly do to earn what Jesus did for me. And then we take that really beautiful truth and we read, we read, like, those are, we hear something, oh, they're bl- those are blessed who they do. And we're like, is that in the Bible? Because I thought it doesn't really matter what I do. Jesus just saves me anyways. And Well, yeah, Jesus saves us, not based on what we do, but we're called to experience this life in the living of it. And as James says, we're blessed in what we do. And my question for you, for me, really simple today, is do we really believe this? Do we really believe that Jesus calls us to build a foundation on his words translated into ways, on what we've heard translated into what we do. Do we really believe this, that we put our money where our mouth is? That's kind of like just that phrase, that saying, right? Putting your money where your mouth is. is like, I'm, I actually believe this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this step. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in this way. I'm going to decide in this way. Here, here are some examples from the Sermon on the Mount that I think um, when we read, we're like, oh, is Jesus calling us to live this way? Jesus in Matthew 5, 39 says, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn, turn to them their other cheek also. We pause and we listen to something like that, and we're not going to get into it like, do we take this like literally literal, like someone slaps me, and then I turn and say, hey, slap me again. Like, is, is this how we're called to live? But if we just take it for as it is, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. This undergirding truth, like we're not called to retaliate. We're not called to keep provoking violence and hatred in return and return and return. Do we just read that off a page and then walk away? Or do we let it sit and speak to us? In a few verses later on, Jesus says in verse 45 and 40, he says, 44 and 45, love your enemies. Pray for those who, per who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. That's, that's a hard one when your neighbor is just really getting to you. That's a hard one for people in parts of the world where their enemies are really getting to them, hurting them physically, where their lives are at stake. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus says, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will, will reward you. Now, of course, we could take this and not look at all the other things of Scripture on prayer, and we could say, well, why did we pray this morning? We should have all just prayed quietly, that no one hears us, that no one would have heard the prayers for MCC, that no one would have... And, of course, we know that it doesn't just strictly mean that, but we know that there's something here that says... Our prayer life is not meant to be put on display. Our prayer is meant to come from a genuine place where we're truly seeking the Lord and trust, trust that even if no one ever hears us, that even if I don't pray the most elaborate prayers, that even if I don't have all the really beautiful words of prayer, that I'm seeking the Lord even when no one sees, even when no one sees me and I trust that he's at work. Or do we read these off the page and just walk away? Do we, do we listen and then live them? Because this is really important. You and I will only experience a life built on the foundation of Christ's words if we live them. Not if we just listen to them, but if we live them. And Jesus invites us to this life, not just merely knowledge, but to this life. And life comes in the practice we will know that we're standing on a foundation when we live these words. The world often says, you know, become this, or do this, or live in this way, or succeed here. And Jesus, I think, says, has a different sentiment. Do you trust me enough that the life I'm offering you is better than the way the world's inviting you to live? Do you trust me enough that the life I'm offering you is better than winning in the way the world wins or succeeding in the way the world succeeds or finding happiness in the way the world finds happiness? That's where the rubber meets the road. Not just like, oh, Jesus, you have beautiful words and I'm going li to listen to them and immerse them. I'm even going to memorize them. But tomorrow when I go to work, I can't live that way at work. It's so dumb. I got like, to be cutthroat tomorrow. Or I can't like... 
I got to make sure my neighbor doesn't mess around with me this way. They got to know that they can't do this on our street. I got to show them who they are. Forget this love your enemy thing. I don't even want to pray for them, Jesus. That doesn't work in the real world. But Jesus invites us to trust him enough that the life he's offering us is better than the way the world functions or wins or succeeds or finds happiness. And I think the better question for us, instead of, you know, what's my life like or I'm experiencing, the better question is who am I becoming? Who am I becoming, not what am I experiencing? Who am I becoming, not what am I experiencing? I had a really interesting situation. Uh, I walked into a local store here and I needed to buy a product uh, for my backyard. And it was a new store I've never went to. And uh, the guy who was a sales rep for this part of the department saw me coming in, in, the, uh, in the store and he was very helpful. And he was one of these people who overshares. You ever meet someone, you've never met them before, and now all of a sudden I know exactly who you are, how you think, uh, what's going on in your brain. And he really overshared, especially on some relationship issues and, uh, and um, intimate issues, romance issues, dating things, and I'm like, are you sure you want to tell me? This is what I'm thinking. Are you sure you want to tell me all these things? Anyways, he really, he really overshared. And, uh, and then there was this moment, moment he's talking about uh, dating, and he's talking about experiencing what he would hope to experience as pleasure from this date. And I'm like, I just asked him. I just said, like, do you want um, to be with a woman for a long period of time? And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, is it possible that maybe if you want to be with a woman for a longer period of time, maybe what you want to get done on the first date is not, shouldn't be your go-to? <laughs> and, and I thought, because I was asking this question to him, who do you, this is what I was asking him, who do you want to become, not what do you want to experience? Who do you want to become, and what kind of life do you want to live? And... Um, Maybe I overshared in that moment too. I don't know, just to kind of like get in deep. But, but I wanted to just confront him because I could tell that all he was looking for was, was an experience. And I'm like, what do you really want out of life? What do you really want out of a relationship? What do you really want with a, pot a potential partner? We didn't solve anything in those two minutes. Don't worry. How, however... <laughs> However, it reminds me of this question, who am, I, who am I becoming, not what am I experiencing? And as, we, as we, we move in this asking this question, I think there's some helpful steps when we read Scripture or we read the words of Jesus like we talked about last week. And here's three simple steps. I'm going to go through them very quickly. The first step is, is and we process this, is hearing. How do, do we hear the words of Jesus? Are we hearing them? Are we listening? Are we paying attention? Are we reading them? Are we carving out time in our lives like we talked about last week? Are we slowing down enough to really listen to his words? So reading, reflecting, personally and in community like we're doing today. The next question, though, or the next part of the process is not just are we hearing, but are we understanding? Do we truly understand what Jesus is calling us to? Do we truly understand uh, what the scriptures are calling us to? Uh, you know, are, not that we're just hearing it, but are we understanding them? And that does take some time. That might not always happen in the moment when you read that on a Tuesday morning for a few minutes and you open up the scriptures. But it takes maybe a little bit more time, and that's partly what we do on Sundays, but we're called to do it ourselves. And when we've come to understand that within the context of how we 
how we teach the scriptures and grow, the script, grow in the scriptures, I think the next step is this, is can we make the step from hearing and understanding to imagining, having an imagination for what this looks like on Monday, having an imagination for what this looks like on Tuesday afternoon, having an imagination for what this looks like when I'm interacting with my neighbor, imagining what does this look like in real life? I'm hearing it, I, I'm understanding it, but what do, how does it look like in this decision, in this opportunity, in this moment, in this difficult contrast maybe to the world? Because what, if we don't take the step of imagining, we're never going to actually step into it and try it and live it and express or do or practice what we're hearing. And when we're doing this imagination to life and action, I would really encourage this. Small, small steps or steps, not leaps. Steps, not leaps. We, we read the scripture and we get all excited and, and then like we can see life on the other side and we're like, I'm going to leap this carpet. I'm just going to get to the other side. And obviously, if I tried that right now, I would like, I'd, I'd ruin Richard's guitar. Maybe everything would topple over. I might get hurt. The, the, point, the point is that we want to make small steps or steps as we follow Jesus. When we're hearing and understanding and then imagining this life, what's this next step? It's a small step. It's a daily step. It's not just, what do I want to do in 10 years? Yeah, what, what do I want to become? How, what's God leading me to become in 10 years? But what's a small step today that I can walk in that direction? And so my step to the other side might be just one step, but at least I'm at least that's where I'm headed. It might be one decision. It might be one reaction. It might be one way that I, I just engage what God is calling me to uh, as I've imagined now what I've understood and what I've heard, but at least I'm going in the right direction. And sometimes when we want to take leaps. We, it's really tough for us even to imagine it or even to get there. So we take small, daily steps, actions, and decisions, even when it's hard. And what that does when we take these small steps is we're cultivating patterns and we're cultivating desires even in our own heart that maybe weren't there yet. But by making those small steps, we're cultivating these patterns, we're cultivating these desires, and then the small steps do prepare us maybe for one day when we're taking a little bit more of a leap because we've been following Jesus. I remember when we had raised funds for this, to move into this space and there was an individual who... Um, I think at that time, maybe I'd received some kind of inheritance. And I was blown away after I heard about this story from them. They told me personally that they had just, they had given a very um, generous gift. And their life, their life, their wealth, their status did not reflect the ability to give a gift like this on a regular basis. But I remember chatting with them, and what I remember hearing from them the most was, I've always felt that God has called me to trust him with the modest salary I have and the needs I have. And they, were, they, were, they've grew, they grew over the years to cultivate this pattern of proportionate giving according to what God had given them and provided for them in their work and other stuff. And they didn't have a perfect life. They didn't have an easy life. They, they, they struggled in some ways, but they always... In those small, you know, weekly um, income things, we're just always honoring the Lord. And it made me realize, I doubt that that person, when, when that moment came, when we were in this moment, 
and they received this, that they would, have ha- they would have been able to make that leap without all the small steps over the years. I realized that all those small steps were cultivating a pattern in their heart. And when a moment came, they were able to respond to the Lord to live that out in a way that they would have never imagined five or ten years earlier. But they were able to do that. And that reminds me of small steps. Today we heard from Zachary and how there are struggles all over the world. And we know we prayed for Ukraine and Gaza, even though there's so many other spots. And I was listening to a Lutheran pastor that his, his, his message, his Christmas message has gone viral. And um, how he is calling people to pay attention to him. He's a Palestinian himself and what's going on there. And I thought, he didn't just say this message today. It didn't just come out of nowhere. This was years. This was years of daily trusting the Lord. What does it mean to be a Christian in Gaza? What does it mean to be a Christian in Palestine? What does it mean to love my Israeli neighbors and my Jewish neighbors and my Palestinian neighbors? And when I listened to him share, I, it's, it's very easy to recognize this did not just happen. He didn't jump from here to here when the tragedy hit. But he was walking daily, monthly, year after year. And then in this moment, he was able to speak and share, even though it took a lot of risk. And I know it's a complex situation out there in that part of the world, but it reminds me that, that, that if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to take these small steps, and then there's going to be moments maybe when we're called to withstand or to jump in or to help or to serve or to give or to turn this direction or that direction. And because we've been cultivating those steps daily, then God gives us um, really the, the empowerment and the possibility to move forward. And I think the reverse happens too. I think this pastor that's, that's spoken in this moment, probably in a smaller moment now, is like, oh, I can speak here too. But there's a secular example of this, and it's Seth, Seth Godin's like a marketing genius guru, and uh, you know, a lot of people look to him for sales and marketing and, and, and brand recognition in the world. And I never forget his story when uh, he was offered in the 90s or so when there was a big internet boom and a big company he said, Seth, we want you to come work for us. We're going to give you, this is what they told him, we're going to give you $1 billion in the 90s, $1 billion if you come work for us. We're going to make a killing. You're going to get a billion and Seth Godin, I remember he- hearing the story, he said, I don't want to do that. I know it's a billion dollars, but I don't, that's not me. That's not what I'm called to do. It's not, a, it's not a Christian, I'm not talking from a Christian perspective, but he, he recognized that's not who I'm becoming. I don't want that. I don't want to be tied to that. But this is what Seth said afterwards. He said, you know what was so helpful when I walked away from that deal? He said, I know no one's ever going to offer me a billion dollars again in my life, but I've said no to it once. I can say no to smaller. And that was a big deal. That big moment, he realizes the next small decision, I've already said no to a billion. I can say no to a million. If it's not who I'm called to be, then I'm not going to do it. Jesus' words give us a foundation and a vision for life that when we live them out, we recognize 
This is what it is to build a foundation in the decisions, in the steps, in the responses, in the reactions, in the moments, in the obstacles, in the opportunities. That's how we're building this foundation to live them out. And then we can experience this life that Jesus calls us to in those decisions, in those opportunities. And here's the beauty. There's life in those moments, but there's life on the other side of those moments because you've trusted God in that step. You've trusted God in that step. You've trusted God in that bigger step, or you've trusted God in that next smaller step. Because you're trusting him, you trust his words enough to live them. This is so beautiful. We trust his words enough to live them. That's the foundation that we're called to build. That's the life we're called to build. And you know what? Let me tell you, it's often on the other side of trust. It's usually, we're not always experiencing it here when the decision is, is, the moment's there, the obstacle's there, the opportunity's there. You know when we truly, truly start to experience this life that God calls us to? It's on the other side of trust. When we've trusted, when we've responded the way he's called us to and we took a risk, when we've said no or yes because it's, it's, it fits who God is calling us to be, on the other side of trust is when you experience that life on the other side of trust. And so here's how I want to invite you to practice this in your daily, in your daily time with the Lord. Last week we introduced uh, just a, or a reminder for many of us just to be in the scriptures daily and you can get that information on our website or how we talked about it last week or in our spiritual practice section of our website. But part one is hearing the words of Jesus, reading the scriptures through the lens of Jesus. But part two is when you're, when you're in reflection or reading, part two is this. How do I live this? How do I live this? Don't just read it. Read. Immerse yourself in the scriptures consistently, daily. But then ask this question. And ask this question with the help of the Holy Spirit. How can I live this? What does this mean for me in my decisions today? What does it mean for me in my decisions? In my relationships? In my finances? And then you can, when you're asking that question, often follow-up questions come up when it's a prayerful moment. Lord, help me to notice in my day and week where I can live this out. God, give me opportunities to live this out. Lord, empower me when the decision comes and it's hard. Would you empower me by your Holy Spirit to make that, that step? Why? So you can trust God with more than just agreeing with his word but actually moving to living them. Amen? That's the heart of it. So this solid foundation in life, it's on the other side of that kind of trust. That's what Jesus is inviting us to. And as we just enter this year, just my encouragement as we're building this idea of a foundation um, on Christ's words, that we include this transition to practicing them and see God at work in them. And let me warn you, it's going to be a tension. Sometimes it's going to rub you the wrong way. Sometimes you're going to wonder, am I really cut out for this? Sometimes you're going to wonder, but does this, does this work in the real world? And to trust Jesus' words in that way. I want to just close in prayer today. Our Heavenly Father, we, I know just even myself in this moment, I, I'm just reminded of this question, who am I becoming? Who are you calling me to become? And even though I've been following you for many years and I'm so grateful, God, 
I'm still a work in progress. Thank you for your grace as I'm a work in progress. God, as we consider whatever is before us this year in our lives, the kind of foundation we're looking to stand on, yes, we want to hear these words of yours. We cling to them. We sing them and pray them and immerse ourselves in them. We study them and reflect on them. We hold ourselves accountable to them. We, we want to listen to them over and over and just be so immersed in them. But we also hear the call of Jesus today and that we would put this into practice. That this is part of building this foundation. So I pray for each and every one of us and I put myself right in the middle of that, oh God. Help us to see the power and vital importance of putting your words into practice. This is the heart, the heart, the core of what it means to build this foundation. Oh God, we want to grow in wisdom on a solid foundation, hearing your words and living them out. And now I invite you, God, as we step into the rest of this day and step into the surprises of the week, the opportunities and obstacles, maybe the storms, empower us by your Holy Spirit, empower us by your Holy Spirit to trust you enough to, to live out what we hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you in your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, regardless where you are in your spiritual journey, and hope you can grow with us. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. We would love to hear from you, ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com giving. Until next time, peace.